Hey, everybody, welcome. So today we are going to talk about the Tolkien trailer, the trailer for the new Tolkien uh, biopic. And I'm joined today by Maggie Park. Maggie, can you turn on your uh, your webcam? Are you webcamable? Uh, of course I can. Oh, hang on a second. And I also just remembered I forgot to do a thing. Hang on. That's good. Um, All right. Good. Let's make sure. I think we can hear you now. I've got to make one quick adjustment to the sound. There we go. So that hopefully now, when we actually play the trailer, everyone on Twitch and in GoToWebinar will be able to hear it. So that's cool. Cool. Weird. Okay. Um, but anyhow, whatever. Hi, Maggie. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Hi, hi. Yeah. So, uh, so let's 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 start talking about the the trailer here. Do you want you, you want to talk about the background for the film? Because I think you know more about the film than I do. Yeah, I can just do the. I mean, I've just done a little bit of research the last few days because, like everybody else, you're just kind of intrigued, aren't you? And and I quite like to know the story behind how the film came about as well as who's involved because that kind of starts to help shape your expectations. Um, so let me pull this up and just did like a little bit of, of looking at who's involved in this. So the first thing that comes out and we'll see this in the trailer is this big thing about Fox Searchlight. Fox Searchlight's been around for about 25 years and it's kind of like the independent arm of Fox, um, 20th Century Fox Productions. Um, so they they came out ages ago to try to do something more indie, more artsy to kind of tap into that as well. So they tend to be lower budget. They tend to be less than 50 million uh, budget. We don't actually know the budget of this yet. Um, but so so anyway, just Fox Searchlight, you're kind of like, ooh, it's going to be artsy. Okay. And then the director is a guy named uh, Dome or Dom. I'm not sure how you say it. Kar Karukoski. Um, I put in parentheses finished savior because I didn't know anything about him. So I started reading up on stuff and he won a whole bunch of awards for a number of different films, but his most famous one uh, was called Cowboys and Angels, I think. And um, one of the harshest Finnish film critics called him the savior of Finnish film. And that's, that's quite a thing, isn't it? You know, of course they're going to uplift their own countrymen, but if he's known as a really harsh critic, to come out and say, this guy is really putting us on the map and making beautiful work. The savior, I didn't realize that Finnish film was in need of a savior. So that's, yeah. you know, okay. Who there knew? Who knew? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I thought that was just really interesting. Be like, you're going to save us and put us on the map. And okay, I guess that's kind of like Peter Jackson for New Zealand, but um, <laughs> in a, a different scale. Right. Uh, it was written by David Gleason and Stephen Beresford. I didn't know David Gleason at all, but uh, a bunch of research shows that he's a stage writer. That hmm. actually gave me a nice sense of comfort because that means that he can work on a tight budget. He can build a strong character with small performances. He's used to building tension with minimal special effect and all of that. So there's something about a stage writer that I think brings a lot of strength into a story. This is me being optimistic, but this is what I'm, I'm hoping for. But then there's Stephen Beresford. I freaking loved Pride. That was like one of my favorite movies of the last few years. Um, so he was the writer for Pride. Um, yeah, so, so that was kind of the background that we've got so far. And as soon as they announced um, Dom coming on as the director, it was the next day they announced Nicholas Holt and Lily Collins. So clearly they had this little package going in their mind of what they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So well, that, just, that's kind of what we got so far. My number one, my number one reaction was far less well informed than that. My primary reaction when I looked up, uh, when I looked it up and I saw the cast was, oh my goodness, Chief O'Brien is playing Father Francis. Like, man, like, and I'm sold. Like, I'm completely sold. If if Chief O'Brien is going to play for, I, I laughed so hard when I saw that Chief O'Brien. Like, oh, uh, who is Chief O'Brien from uh, uh, from Star Trek and Deep Space Nine? Uh, is is playing? For, I, I, I saw that he was in. It. I just saw his. Uh, I just saw his list. You know him in the list, right on IMDb. Yeah. I'm like, who's he playing? And my immediate. I'm like, they didn't make him <laughs> Francis, did they? <laughs> well, that's what's so fun of this. Like you, you can tap into all these different fandoms. Like you know him from Deep Space Nine. Like Nicholas Holt was part of X Men. So like whatever your pathway is into this. 
Ooh. Also, while we're talking about casting, let me switch my screen over. I was going through this. Um, this let me go back to casting. This is IMDb Pro, so you get a ton of extra info. I was scrolling down this, and I got to this. Do you see Gandalf is in the cast? Huh. Uh, that think we're gonna have some fantastical potential flashes, or maybe uh, it's a be. voice in his head that's kind of guiding him on the journey, or. I hope not that, but yeah, no, it's some kind of, um, some kind of, they're definitely, the trailer suggests flashes of, you know, Middle Earth, but interesting that Gandalf is actually cast. Uh, I, I, I did not, I did not notice that at all. Uh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to talk about the the let me go back to it the bit that we're gonna like what this film focuses on so like this so, is the bit from Fox Searchlight about Tolkien's life oh, the, oh this is the bit that they okay hang on they a second. wrote this yeah they Fox wrote, Searchlight wrote this description that's revealing let's see okay um, Tolkien explores the formative years of the orphaned author as he finds friendship love and artistic inspiration among a group of fellow outcasts at school outcasts. That's okay. That's mm -hmm. an interesting word so far. This takes him into the outbreak of World War One, which threatens to tear the fellowship apart. All of these experiences would inspire Tolkien to write his famous Middle-earth novels. Okay, Outcasts is interesting, right? That's a that's an interesting choice. The TCBS, I mean, you know, he and his friends were like close friends, and they were geeks certainly, but not yeah. outcasts. As far as I know, I mean, they were relatively mainstream. Uh, it's, I mean, like they were pretty big figures in their school. It's not like they were, you know, picked up, picked on, and you know, beaten up by bullies on the playground every day or something like that. Um, but it does sound more interesting, doesn't it? When they say like the outcast of the school, you're like, ooh, bad boys, like didn't quite fit in. There's there's much more allure to the story if they're not the popular kids, you know? Like we want the Frodo Baggins and the Harry Potters because they're kind of downtrodden and down on their luck and the unlikely hero and all that beautiful archetypal stuff. Right. I wonder it's if that's right. trying to set that story, which may or may not exist. Yeah, and as Darren was just saying on the Twitch chat, uh, Tolkien played rugby, and not only Darren did he play rugby, but he was apparently famous for his ferocity on the rugby team. Uh, yeah, it's a little hard to see that translating to outcast, you know, within the school culture, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, uh, 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 Ingvarha on Twitch says, they were geeks on the edge of being elitists, not, not, not exactly outcasts, exactly. But okay, so, you know, I guess, this brings into this. This brings me to my primary concern about the film. Okay, from the start. Okay, I will confess from the start that I have been looking forward to this film with unalloyed dread ever since I heard that it was going to be made. Okay, like I have, I would still even now. If this film were to vanish and never be released, and like be as if it never were. I would feel nothing but relief, to be perfectly honest. And the main reason is that I, I, I don't know, I get uncomfortable talking about Tolkien's life and Tolkien's, you know, Tolkien's character. I guess maybe it's because I have spent so long trying to like say like I don't know what Tolkien would, you know, people always asking me what do you think Tolkien would think about this, and me constantly saying I don't know what Tolkien would think about this, but here's what I think about this, you know, that's been my line for like the last ten years, and so actually speculating about Tolkien's life, my biggest reaction when I heard they were making the film was, okay, uh, a biopic about Tolkien. The problem is that Tolkien's life was quite boring i mean he did serve in world war one and and his friends died but it, like again so did everyone in that generation you know so like it's it's and most of his life he he was like a quiet family man who almost who traveled very little and did very little you know extra grading to help you know support his family so not an exciting life and i was afraid of what they were going to do to jazz it up uh, in order to make it dramatic enough for film. My issue, though, 
has so I will I will admit therefore because of the dread that I've been with which I've been anticipating the film in general my primary reaction for uh the trailer has been like relief actually um I'm less worried than I was before. I was afraid they were going to have to make up lots of bizarre junk in order to make his life interesting. The Tolkien falling in love and going to war and like the fact that the TCBS, you know, his 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 friendship with the other members of the TCBS um seems to be one of the primary focuses of the film was was a relief to me because that's I I, I can get behind that. I can get behind like a buddy film which really spotlights that and then focuses on the tragedy of losing them, especially if they can get to any of the, you know, sort of the group of them as sort of a writer's circle and and reading each other's stuff and being a being a, you know a sort of an artistic encouragement to each other and then losing them in the war there's a you know there's definitely some potential there for an interesting story without having to embroider a very great deal you know so, which again was my number one concern when hearing about the concept of the film uh outcast yeah. You know, okay, so Outcasts gives a pretty big hint as to how they're slanting this, right? Um, and it's interesting to me that they're that they would seem to slant it I'm, they, as like the four of them against the world, right? That seems to be the way that they're kind of in some sense, right? If they're, if they're out, classic underdog. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of marginalized in some way. Uh, as uh, Ambrosius Aurelianus on Twitch says, it's like dead poet society that ends in World War One. Yeah, that 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 kind of feeling to it um, uh, is kind of what that sounds like they might be sort of working towards or um, or going for, I think. Um, but anyway, um, so... Uh, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Here's my, here's one of the things that I'm going to be interested to see. What makes them outcasts? So like, in what sense are they going to be outcasts, right? Because what I'm really hoping is that they're not going to make them outcasts just because they were like artistic, literary, and intellectual, right? Mm -hmm. Or worse, outcasts because Tolkien is interested in like fantasy and medieval epic. Like that was substantially less weird, you know? I mean, I'm just hoping they project a like 21st century, uh, like geek subculture vibe back into the TCBS because it was just different. Well, and that's kind of like, yeah, that's one of the things I'm worried worried about and excited about because biopics have such a power, but also they can have such a responsibility, right? Like there's there's a whole class we could we could do on the, the issues that come around this. So taking yeah. something that is so well known and so well cherished and loved by such a huge amount of people, you really risk either alienating or pissing off your audience. So yes. how do you walk that line? And that makes me, because I, I tend to think about adaptation and business and that kind of a thing. So it's like, how do you know who your audience is? You're either catering, catering to the people that are definitely going to come and love it, Tolkien fans, or you're catering to the masses and you're going to pitch something that will bring in anybody off the street that knows nothing about this but gives into the story. If it's the latter, you're going to have to significantly change a lot of those characters to make them more engaging. So maybe it won't be massive. Maybe they can subtly change these characters because we do have a playwright working here and we have an art house director that's doing something a little bit more dynamic, hopefully. So you can hope that they can walk that line. But there's always that threat that they're just going to mess up this thing that you love so much. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, and I, I, I will also admit that so my... Other, so my first big fear about the film when it was announced was that they're just going to make up bunches of stuff to make his life more interesting. The second thing, though, that I was afraid of was that they were going to make the relationship with Edith more sensational than it was. Because, like, on the one hand, in out, like when you give an outline, if you give like a three sentence outline of his relationship with Edith it sounds really like romantic and kind of sensational, right? You know, forbidden to like see each other by his guardian. And the, 
Um, you know, so, but like in actual fact, it wasn't what actually happened does not strike me as actually very film worthy, right? Like they kind of got to know each other because they lived in the same boarding house. And then Father Francis says, don't see her for the next three years. And he does. Like, and he he does with his guardian, he does not rebel against his guardian. You know, he doesn't like, they don't run off or anything. And he patiently waits for three years and then they get married. Yeah. But don't you just wonder what's happening under the surface? And like, this is where the speculation becomes super fun because yeah, there's three years sitting on a fence, but you know, Baron and Luthien, the intertwined trees, we have to watch the trailer soon because we're going to start referencing it. So like all these beautiful things that I think can be depicted on film so well, just show the magic and the, the absolute incredible nature of their relationship under the surface. So maybe on the surface, he was very prim and proper and doing exactly what he was supposed to do. But maybe, you know, we can speculate in a film like this, he was having this this magical, absolutely sensational thing happening within him. And if you have had that kind of crazy whirlwind love, it doesn't matter if you wait three years, you're kind of like, nope, that's my thing, right? So maybe that's the, the track. Right. It's not that it can't be done well. It's just that I was really worried it would be done badly. <laughs> So that's, that's 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 it, you know. I, I love this. Curtis just said, uh, "So a crit fic film? That's like legit. It's a, a yeah. critically appropriate fanfic kind of a film." Yeah, if it's j- yeah, well, and yeah, um, well, let's watch the trailer. Let's watch the trailer through, and then we'll talk about some of the some of the details of it here. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna mute I'll, myself because I like can't stop myself from talking while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine actually uh why don't you uh uh actually hang on a second what i will do is i'm going to shift myself back to the presenter for a second i'll stop presenting my screen for yeah a minute and then so that this way i can so our webcams will still be up but this way we don't have we're not blocking the screen yeah okay that's still a little too. I think we're good here. All right, ready? Now we should, everyone should, in theory, be able to hear this if I've done this properly. So we'll see how this works. Tell oh, yeah. me a story. Wait, hang on a second. Just realized it's not sharing the screen. People don't go to it. I knew I'd screw it up at least in one way. I knew that was absolutely going to happen. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry. Okay, sound is good though. Sound is good. Okay, can't see it, but sound is good. All right, we'll start again. Here we go. Sorry. Tell me a story. It's a story about journeys. The journeys we take to prove ourselves. It's about inventions. It's about potent magic. Magic beyond anything anyone has ever felt before. About what it means to love and to be loved. About courage. It's about fellowship. So, what do you want to emphasize, Maggie, when you're thinking through it? I have to get back to the right screen. Hmm. I only close that because I've got two samples going. I love the tell me a story, right? As the first line. Uh, And that seems to be Edith's voice. I I assume. Can you make me presenter again? I'll pull up the time stamp. Okay. Oh, well, I, okay. No, that's going to block the, hang on. I'll see if oh, I can make sorry. it. Sorry. No, it's okay. We can hang on to it. Okay. Yeah. I basically broke, I mean, I kind of want to like, just take you through what I, what I thought about the breakdown. Um, okay. Yeah. You can say the timestamps and I'll navigate to them so people can see them on screen. Okay. I'm going to pull this up. So yeah. So basically we start, 
The, there's nine sections. Opening, tell me a story, journeys, adventures, magic, courage, fellowship, title. The, like, those are the things they specifically hit. So you can just see right. these people sitting around a table coming up with like, what do we want to cover? And it's like <laughs> journey, adventure, magic, courage, fellowship. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely hit quite a few of those archetypes that we need to hit. Um, so we start with the opening, which is zero to seven seconds in. Mm -hmm. Then we've got tell me a story from seven to 14. Tell right. me a story. I mean, we open with the idea of this woman sitting down and saying, tell me a story to the master storyteller, right? Right. right. And that sets the scene. We're about to be taken on this magical thing. I also love that that tells us we don't know if this is real or fiction. Tell me a story. Like, we're hearing a story. We don't actually know if this is what happened. We're, we're being shown something that might have been. There might be some fantasy wrapped into it because he's being inspired by these things. Right. Um, it, it might just be a complete boring story like his real life was, but unlikely because the next shot is this spinning um, this, lantern, yeah. which reminded me of Greatest Showman, oddly. Um, but this spinning lantern that makes it feel quite magical and quite ethereal. And you're like, oh, we're going to go on a, on a journey. Journey is 14 to 20 seconds. Right. Hey, quick thought about the... Can, but yeah, let's pause as we go. One other quick comment here. I love the, the, the match and the candle lighting uh, associated with the, the tell me a story hook, right? Um, and what I loved about that is that it, it evokes my favorite of Tolkien's letters, the, the letter to the, uh, the, that, that early one about lighting a spark and, 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 uh, you know, how, like what he hopes, you know, he and the TCBS can accomplish. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Right. Um, and that's one of his metaphors that, that, you know, kindling a spark. Um, so that, and then the light and then the way that, you know, the tell me a story and the lighting of the candle then leads to the the light on the walls, right? Mm -hmm. Is you know, so we have the igniting and the projecting outward, and that I I I, so I thought this opening sequence worked really really well. I really I it really sets the stage, doesn't it? It it just gives you a certain tone. I also like the bookend effect of lighting. If you watch the trailer again with just lighting in mind, it's really interesting, and also with movement in mind because they open with a really soft light, it ends with a fiery, fiery light, you know? And the whole time you're going through the trailer, there's these beautiful moments of movement and still, movement and still. So you kind of feel like you're on a journey, you know? Right. We have the movement of the friends in this shot that we're looking at, the, the movement of the friends, the movement on the battlefield, but then there's him lying still falling in love, him lying still on a battlefield. Um, just, yeah, some interesting depictions there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So then we go into journeys. Um, we we see the excuse me the the friends beginning. We go out on adventures, which is twenty seconds in. Adventures mm -hmm. is really quick. Most of these are six seconds long, which is an average film length for a shot because that gives you time to kind of acknowledge what you're taking in. Adventures is quite quick, and then we go straight into this longer section, um, which is twenty two seconds to thirty one seconds, so nine seconds long a little bit longer than your normal shot. And that's the magic. That is the the line of what's real life, what's fake. We see Baron and Luthien, we see Tolkien, we see the trees, we hear magic, we see love. You know, that, that I feel like they're trying to shove down our throats is the core of the story. The Which is ironic because then we found the Fox Searchlight description and those didn't really match. Fox Searchlight's yeah. trying to push this fellowship thing. The trailer is pushing the love story. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is interesting. You're right. Uh, does Edith get mentioned in that blurb? I, I don't think Edith no. came into that, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, kind <laughs> of a deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then we go into courage, which is 31 seconds to 35 seconds. I loved this shot. I don't. I didn't notice it to the fourth or fifth time I watched it. He'd go tiny. Yeah, there. Go back. That. Yeah. Look yeah. at that face. And you can like <laughs> hear it growling. Yes. And I loved that because it just made you question reality. And there's this really wonderfully famous quote from Susan Cooper, who was actually a student of Tolkien. She wrote the Dark is Rising sequence. Um, she was saying uh, that you can't handle the terrors of real life. You have to encounter them through literature from the safety of your armchair. And I love that because it's like, 
I don't want to go to war. <laughs> I don't know how I would deal with those kind of, you know, personal situations. So being able to encounter that from an armchair and, and whatnot, he doesn't have that choice. He's in war. So he's fictionalizing the thing that's actually happening. Like that's what I took from that shot. That might not be what they were going for, but he's creating a fantasy in his real life experiences. Yeah. 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 I thought that was pretty cool. And then of course we, we get a similar effect at the, at the very end. Right. Not and that's quite that about, iconic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the last bit is fellowship. So 35 seconds to 42 seconds. They right. talk about fellowship, fellowship. They're in a pub, clearly setting up the inklings, you know, and then that. Hello, Mordor. Yes. And this, you, you've got the O, clearly a ring, forming the O in Tolkien. Even the, the shape of Tolkien is spinning in a ring-like fashion before it spreads out. Yeah. Yeah. There. That's, that's my timestamp, but great. Yeah. No, that's... It is very interesting. Now we had uh, uh, one uh, of our attendees. Um, was it? Uh, where was it? I've lost it. Uh, oh yeah, it was uh, uh, Ingvarha who uh, really hates the the use of the O as the ring there. One thing I will I will definitely say in defense of that it this is something that like is such a pervasive thing like all the way down to like the people who kind of horrifyingly use the ring of power as their wedding rings you know in the immediate post peter jackson era um in ways that i think would have kind of horrified tolkien you know that like he often objected to the fact that the ring became this like as if it were a symbol of what he, you know he was all about and he's like it's bad like the ring is evil. Like, don't embrace the ring. It's not about the ring. Um, anyway, yeah. So, Ingvar, I, 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 I can agree. That, you know, I, I sort of wonder. I mean, I, I, I do like. I mean, Maggie, I do agree with you. I do like. I like the swirling. I like the. I like the fact that it is a no, right? It's like we don't do a hokey thing and like actually make it look like the Ring of Power, right? It's just a no. If but it's think, certainly you know, enough for you to put the pieces it, together. It, it definitely evokes it, right? Um, so that's cool. Um, but um, anyway, I, I, so it's certainly evocative, but it's... it's um, I don't know. It kind of... One of the things that it makes me wonder about, and, and it's not just that, but it's um, it's also the other stuff. So, can I go back over the sort of the fantasy elements here? Right. So we got the conference. So him standing on the battlefield, looking over no man's land in World War One, right? Uh, and you've got the you know the explosions and you know the explode the 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 burst of flame, which is looking like the you know the tower. Uh, as if he's confronting, you know, Sauron himself rising up, right? The spinning uh, cloak that's very reminiscent of yes, Frodo's exactly. cloak. Yeah, 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 exactly. So this does look, it, it does evoke Frodo in Mordor here, right? I think quite deliberately. Um, yeah, Kat was just noticing the very Hobbit-like cloak as well. Um, and then, of course, we get the we get the the face. Right, which is kind of uh, Balrog-y. Balrog-ish, yes, definitely. Um, but uh, then there's this bit. Okay, so we get the TCBS, and then we get. I had no idea where we were going here. When I got here for the first time in the trailer, I'm like, okay, so we have a what? Ring wraith? A medieval this horse? Yeah, we're gonna get a horse, and then we've got uh, a, a a white horse, and and okay, so this sequence, not this one, this sequence here, was definitely my least favorite part of the trailer. The horses and the like, two like the random. First of all, the one white and one black. Uh, you know that. Good. I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see anything to connect to actual story here. This seems symbolic, 
right? That we're getting yeah. like the conflict between good and evil with the World War One battlefield as the background, right? So I'm taking this as a purely symbolic rendering here, right? Well, and the, um, and the, the white horse is, is clad in this medieval armor uh, that looks very, you know, very Lothlorian type Rivendell wear. Yeah. And the other yeah. one does have kind of smatterings of, of orcness. So I, I get what they're doing, but it took me out of the story. And for a 50 second, 56 second trailer to remove your audience from the story. Ugh. Yeah, it did take me out of the story and it took, and it also like hit a bunch of my kind of twitchy buttons, you know, like my twitchy button about like, Tolkien stories are about purely white and purely black characters confronting each other. And it's like, come on people. Like we're not doing that. Are we, we're not going there really. Uh, and I mean, I don't know that they are, I don't want to leap to conclusions, but that's what this looks like to me. You know, this sort of the symbolic representation of a really oversimplified conflict. Um, and this seems like a really nitpicky thing, but like what these two people are doing on horseback was really dumb like they're do seriously they're gonna do the ride past each other and let's clash our swords in midair like really really bad renaissance fair combatants right like i i just, I, I that that took me like another layer out of the trailer where i was like come on like that is lame <laughs> like it, you're not even making an effort uh, even even a symbolic combat there right and that's the thing like the only thing i can think to argue against that is maybe it's like the face coming out of the smoke where it was just too horrible to deal with in real life so he created a fantasy to watch instead but that's so tenuous and don't take me out of the narrative if it's tenuous keep me in there right. for all it's worth because we're already right. going to be skeptical like those of us that watched it the day it dropped we're already going to be doing this and analyzing it don't give us a reason to be like right right i agree yeah. Now, uh, Kat Sass makes a really good point about the mountains in the background here. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, and, uh, she's wondering, and I agree too, um, would would there have been mountains in the background of this? I don't know the geography of this song. Uh, there are mountains in the background, um, but uh, I, I wouldn't have expected it. It might just be my own but um, but it is it would be interesting uh, if, uh, uh, if if they added that for a, a a sort of especially given that this is the sort of symbolic thing. Yeah, Darren confirms that not near the Somme. There there's there's not um, uh, mountains there. But anyway, yeah. So um, I. Yeah, so, and now Jonathan Spencer asks a question which was also very much on my mind when we're thinking about Tolkien and Tolkien's imagination here in context of World War One. Jonathan says, given that we're talking about the World War One period, wouldn't what Tolkien is imagining be closer to the Silmarillion rather than the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings? Now, of course, there's an easy answer to that question, which is, Maybe, yeah, but they're going to lose half of Tolkien fans if they, you know, try to be making Silmarillion references throughout this. Um, not to mention the fact that they, I, I will be surprised if they have permission to do so, <laughs> uh, as this is still a film and there are no film rights for Silmarillion materials. So I doubt they can actually even do that legally if they wanted to, and I can't see why they because then you're you're catering to a subset of Tolkien fans, right? So it's like a subset of a subset of your audience. So on a from from a pragmatic level, that doesn't surprise me. But it does lead me into my bigger. This is one of my biggest comments, and this Maggie is what I dislike about even the Balrog face, which is cool, right? I mean, the Balrog face is cool, but here's what I dislike about it. Okay. What I dislike about it is what I also dislike about a lot of this sort of critical tradition that has grown up around Tolkien in World War One. Okay, um, what I dislike is that it gives the impression, uh, by this, I mean both this trailer and a lot of the discussion about you know the oh. Uh, World War One was deeply neglected in the early years of Tolkien criticism, right? A lot of people were focused on World War II because it was the more recent thing and the books came out right after them and everything. So everyone was thinking about the connection 
between World War II and the Lord of the Rings, thinking that he was thinking about the war that was going on while he was writing it. Um, and then, of course, we had the corrective phase, right? When we had lots of people, and of course, John Garth is one of, is is one of the greatest of these, who has done wonderful work to say, no, let's think back to Tolkien's own experience in World War One and how formative that was. Super important. Not arguing with any of that whatsoever. But here's the danger that I see: the danger in 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 putting World War One really centrally in the forefront as like the, if you think about World War One as like the inspiration of Middle Earth, right? you might get into thinking what really like the core element what drove tolkien's imagination is this desire to depict the conflict between good and evil as if flashy fiery faces were what drove him right and that his primary motivation in writing what he was trying to capture was evil and the desire to stand against evil right now obviously i'm not saying that that's not important and that that's irrelevant to tolkien but what i am saying is i do not think that that is at the core of his imagination certainly not his early imagination right what drove him the primary imaginative drive especially of his early career including the post the immediate post where like in the hospital recovering from world war one period is that desire is the is the lost fairy right that lost fairy time and the desire to capture what has um what has been uh, you know, like the, the old legends of 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 fairies and elves in England and what happened to them and and the desire to make a fairy tradition that would be natively English. The ways in which like the magic of the world and the old world is being lost, the passing of the age of 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 the elves and the coming of the dominion of men, right? That is the oldest theme, I would argue, in Tolkien's life. That is the core of absolutely all of his early works, right? Now, can you see the importance of standing against evil? Obviously, all that stuff is there. Again, it's 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 there and it's important, but it's not the heart. You know, it's not what drove him to write, you know? And so my, my, that's my worry. My worry here, um, I, I, I don't hate what they're doing. Okay, I do hate the two people on horses, but I don't hate this and I don't even hate the like Sauron figure at the end, right? Um, but my fear is that it suggests to me that they might be missing the point. Um, or at least gonna gonna kind of lose that point, which I think is so much more important, uh, so much more dominant in Tolkien's imagination throughout his life, is that idea of trying to glimpse, trying to capture those yeah. older things, all that earlier time, all all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, that's my. Uh, I think that's a totally fair concern too, because you can you can see the commercial appeal of. Uh, good versus evil, fight for good over bad. It's so easy to depict in this black and white horse. It's just an easy sell. It's a known quantity. Losing yeah. fairy is much more difficult to quantify for a blockbuster audience. And that is what this is. Like even if it's Fox Searchlight, we're still talking multi-million pound, huge release, you know, premieres all over the world, that kind of a thing. So yeah, that kind of the question we said earlier, who's their audience? And and you're going to alienate one and you're not going to satisfy the other because you're trying to walk this line. And that's always my concern that they're just being pulled in too many different directions. I do have yeah. the hope with, you know, this lesser known writer director combo that hopefully is a little bit more in tune with character and story. But yeah, I don't know. Them. We'll see, you know, what kind of day they have and what kind of creation they make. Right. Uh, well, Very optimistic is my yeah, right. Well, I mean, okay. So having voiced my big concern, let me say my big positive thing, which was in general, I was really pleased by the depiction of the relationship with Edith. We didn't get all that much of it, but what we got, I really kind of liked. Um, right here. I love right? that match that you just did too. When it's like the absolute love to the absolute grim, but you can oh, still. Yeah smile on his face as he's remembering the love and oh yes that cut is brilliant that yeah. that yeah yeah um so this scene the 
there's like if I had had to name one thing that like if somebody asked me like okay what what one thing does this film have to get right or else like I'll explode this is it <laughs> the scene where he where where Edith dances right the inspiration for the Baron and Luthien scene if they screw that up I'm out <laughs> yeah. no no the, the, if the, it's drunken uh, in a nightclub I'm not hanging out <laughs> or I mean like but there are so many ways in which it could be bad right I mean so many oh. ways and so cheesy there could be like strobe lights and stuff yeah or like, I mean, even if she was being all slinky and stuff, you oh. know, like even then, like I, you know, like heaven for Fen, she like disrobed to any extent. You know, <laughs> and what I liked about this was that it it almost kind of smacked of the the sixties seventies popular culture of Tolkien, where it's very like hippie love kind of movement, and it it feels very natural. And there's literally natural because trees and natural light and ethereal yeah. and it really it, it hits that tone way more than it hits any other kind of cheesy danger zone tone. Yeah, no, I I so I loved this. Loved it. I'm I'm hoping it like will be as good and will stay as good as it looks in the trailer. But I I from what we see, I love how they did this. Um, his posture, the expression on his face, the particular kind of joy, right, that he has that he's showing here. Relaxed in love, right? Yes, in in, in love, but Thank not in like I am worshiping you in a practically idolatrous way, or even like I am so turned on right now. Like we're not getting any of that kind yep. of stuff. We could, they could have done that, right? We could have done enjoyment. We're not. Yeah, yeah. it's um, enjoyment and it's bliss, and and safe was the main word I kept seeing because it just feels like he's in a really protected, wonderful, beautiful, happy place. He's safe, you know. Yes. And to be safe in love and to be safe in life. I mean, what else do you need? Absolutely. So that was, that was my favorite. That, so th this is my favorite part of the trailer. And my, this is my second favorite part of the trailer. Love I that. Know, I love that. Fantastic. Uh, that's, that's, that is a, that is a beautiful, if there's one thing that I could say in the whole trailer that to me, I thought captured sort of the spirit of Tolkien and his work best. It was this shot right here. What's the, the timestamp on that? How, how far in is that? Oh, oh, Kind of, I, I might have trimmed it funny. Uh, I think I might be a yeah. second off from yours, but I've got it at 25, so it's right around in the. I was gonna say about halfway, so that makes sense if it's like think of it in terms like a film too. You know, you've always has always have that inciting incident the first at the end of the first third. That's kind right. of what this is in terms of a trailer. So this, I hope this is their core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that would be really cool. Um, that would be really cool. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so it also, comes out, it also comes out in the UK a week before the US. So I'm just gonna rub it in, in your face. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you, so you the, the, the that it, that showed up. That's our date, right? That's not your. Yeah, date. May 10th you get is the, the US get release. The May third is the UK release. All right. Well, at least you can you can you can give us fair warning. If you just see me crying in a corner, you know what happened. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, no, and I don't think we I didn't talk about this much, but the the TCBS moments seem to me encouraging too. I mean, I kind what we see of the TCBS, I like. I kind of like this scene. The fist pump looked a little was like a little dead poet society you know very dead poet society i guess i should say um you know okay that seemed like a kind of an inevitable connection sorry yeah I, I like that there was joy this there was camaraderie if you only have a second or two to get it across and you have to cheer with your arms in the air and cheers with a drink okay yeah 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 um yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Darren's wonder is wondering. He's in he's in England as well. He said he's wondering if I'm worried about spoilers uh, uh, in a biopic. N not exactly spoilers. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, at least I assume you know they're gonna like kill off the appropriate number of the TCBS and all that kind of thing. Uh, I can't imagine them changing. 
it might change it depend on how much they change these characters there could be spoilers in terms of like actually tolkien ended up not liking edith psych (laughs) (laughs) and that would be a little surprising if they ended up uh, going that yeah (laughs) exactly um but uh, yeah cat points out that this scene actually is very very visually uh reminiscent of the um uh, the four hobbits, uh, uh, you know, sharing a pint um, in the Peter Jackson film. Um, yeah, the the similarity of the number, uh, you know, the, the 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 fact that there are the four of them, right? Which, of course, is you know, biographically accurate. Um, does um, I, I can this does suggest that they're going to take advantage of people's familiarity with some of the these kind of iconic Peter Jackson images to be able to make some sort of parallels and and visual references without having to go too much deeper uh, than that. Um, one thing I would and I, I would agree with that. And, and I would, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, no, I would no, agree with that and just say, why, why not? I know we would have things to say about that. But think about the audience that exists. If you want any kind of success, why not have an illusion? You know, the same way that Jackson hired Alan Lee to do some of the concept art, it doesn't hurt to have that illusion to a past audience. So if we're going to be reminiscent of some things that are familiar to people, you might as well do it tastefully to something that people love so much. So, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that's striking me about this scene is the crystal decanter in the background over here in the bottom left hand corner looks like wine and a crystal decanter there which suggests maybe they're not in a pub maybe they're in some drawing room somewhere which Hmm. would be an interesting look for our set of outcasts here (laughs) our our, our scrappy outcasts drinking wine (laughs) for outcasts yeah (laughs) Uh, they're, they're you know I guess it doesn't say outcast from what exactly, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, Kate says it's the Council of London. That seems plausible. I can, I can, I can, I can go with that. Um, sure. Anyway, cool. So, on the whole, you know. Do I emerge from this trailer with some causes of concern? Yeah, absolutely. But I will say, given the extent of the concerns that I went into it with, they've been somewhat decreased. You know, I am I my my dread, uh, which, as I say, like it is unapolog- unapologetic dread that I have been, you know, with which I've been anticipating the release of this film. Um, uh, it's somewhat reduced. Uh, by this trailer, I, I'm I'm not I'm no longer afraid it's going to be a complete train wreck, which it seems you know was always on the, on the table, right? Um, uh, so yeah, I, I I think that they're um I I I'm now more confident in what they're going to do with Tolkien and Edith. Uh, I am feeling good about the focus on the TCBS, and I'm hoping that that'll come out well. And 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 if that's you know, those choosing to spotlight those two stories makes all kinds of sense. I am still really concerned about the connections they're going to be making between his life and his work. Um, but if the worst that happens is that they end up spotlighting the like depicting of evil and standing against evil angle, as I was talking about before, there are worse things. You know, I can live with that. It's not like it's, you know. It's gonna have me jumping up and down saying that's wrong. Tolkien was not about that at all, right? It's not failing to get Tolkien. It's just, you know, it's it's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, so I think I'd say the same. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of coming at it from a different angle. Of just like it's been years of of working in film and academia, of like training myself to not walk into a cinema with pitchforks and torches ready to burn the place down. So I, I'm tempted to, before this is released, maybe try once we, we start go, getting going with the miscellany in Mythgard, which is coming, um, maybe I would do a small yeah. lecture on how to view an adaptation with a, a, a breath before you throw the pitchfork of just different yeah. 
people can get ideas across that differently than a page, which is not better, not worse, just different. So it's just going into it with that mindset. So I, I kind of always come into it with a really open, optimistic mind, and then I start to hate it. So, but I'm still a fan, right. you know. So there's still that kind of cautious wariness. But as soon as you see, you know, Nicholas Holt, who I really do respect his choices and think he's a good actor, and then you start to read a bit more about the backstory, and then the visual of this trailer just fit what I was hoping. There, there are enough illusions that make yeah. the fangirl yeah. excited, but there's not so many illusions that I'm like, yeah. oh my god, stop banging that drum. We're gonna come anyway, you know. <laughs> So I did walk right. the line well, but again, this is 56 seconds. We'll see what happens with the final thing. And and some of these films can be notorious for trailers coming out that are not necessarily what the film is. So we'll see who they're trying to go after. The other thing with this one is normally teaser trailers are 30 seconds and the official trailer is a minute and a half to two minutes. This comes in at exactly one minute. So you're like, well, what are we doing here? You know, which, which thing are we going for? Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see, and it won't be too long now uh, before the film's out. So, uh, so we'll have to see. And yeah, so we should, uh, we should, we should, we should wrap up. I gotta go. Um, but thanks everybody for joining us. And as Maggie mentioned, we, are, you know, you may remember a while back I was talking about the new series that we wanted to do, Misguard, Misguard, Miscellany. We've been, we've been delayed a little bit, but we haven't forgotten it, uh, and we're still going to work on that. This is a, an example of the kind of thing that we're probably going to be doing in the Mythgard Miscellany. Um, it'll be a new feed um, that we'll be starting, and it'll, you know, a, a, this kind. Of, you know, I, I love to have the opportunity to, to see people do, and not obviously not just Tolkien, but in lots of other things. You know, to be doing responses to stuff as they come out, and and uh, thoughts about other. Um, other stuff, uh, and so we we hope to have uh, a place for people to submit, you know, pitches and ideas for, you know, should, they don't have to be, you don't have to follow my model, you know, you don't have to have like a two-hour session, you don't it have. Be, it can be five minutes. You can set up a prezi, you can record it, you can do a voiceover, you could do a dance interpretation, you know, it, it there will be a submission space that you can upload your information in a little blurb, and and we'll just look to curate something that that sounds really interesting and and joyful and fun to share. Um, yeah. But yeah, the yeah. idea is different platforms and different conversations. Yeah, yeah, totally different kinds of things. Just very different from the opportunity to be able to to to, to feature some stuff that we haven't been able to uh, to do before. Uh, so anyway, um, that's. That's definitely what we're uh, what we're thinking about. We will be uh, definitely be moving forward with that here over the next uh, within the next few months. We'll be we'll be we'll be rolling that out, and I'll be reminding you guys about that. Uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you all for continuing to nudge me on social media to talk about the trailer, uh, uh, which I had wanted to do. So uh, so I'm 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 glad for that. Um, Thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Maggie, for joining us today. Great to be here. Nice chatting with you guys. Yeah, glad we hey. could get everything worked out. So thanks, everybody. Bye now. Bye.